previously on the Dave and Steve show. So one of the things that um, I did is we, what we uh, had agreed I would try to do is I was going to try to watch Footloose. Oh, I and, totally um, forgot about this. It was so, the greatest. Kevin Bacon's character, is it Bran or Bram? It's Oh, his character is Ren. Ren? <laughs> yeah, R-E-N. Like oh, I'm word. thinking of Goonies. The gym shower scene wasn't necessary. Hashtag Tracy watches yeah. Footloose. Succulents are huge right now. And you can't return sod. But, um, and I disagree with everybody, and I just don't give a rip. Nah, I'm just, I'm kind of pissed I got cut off talking about the succulents, but... <laughs> Show number 18 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away, is Steve. Hey, everybody. And from, wait a minute, we don't have Tracy tonight. I don't have to oh. say that part. Oh. Tracy. I, I'm, I'm going to just come right out and say it. It's my fault. Like, I last minute canceled last night when these guys were, like, totally in the chamber, ready to go, all gassed up, and I'm like, uh... I wasn't going to air the dirty laundry. I was actually going to say Tracy's out on assignment, and I was going to no, leave it at that. No, I know I'm owning it. I'm owning it. That's but, that's all. That's all me, and and it's it's because I've canceled so many things on my son um, this summer, and I just I couldn't do it one more time. So I, I had to. I, it, this is me. It's all on me. So the fact that the glue that holds the Dave and Steve show together, and really Dave and I were talking about this. He's the glue. Um, it really, it's all on me. It's my fault. So I, I need to say I'm sorry to the fans and to the sponsors. <laughs> I need to say I'm sorry to Tracy because he loves to do this show. And and so, sorry, Dave. Um, who else am I forgetting? I, don't, I feel uh, like I'm watching a television pastor's meltdown after his scandal was uncovered. Like I... only, only the scandal wasn't uncovered. This is the pastor showing up. Um, with all the with all the information, nobody caught him. He's right, just bringing it out. So <laughs> yeah. this is this is my this is my fault. So sorry, everybody. Um, I'm a day late and uh, several dollars short. So Tracy is he is at a for those of you who don't know, there's a in northern Idaho. I, I guess it's northern Idaho. I've never been to Silverwood, but there is a theme park called Silverwood. That if I am correct, Steve, you I, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. It's peanuts themed, correct? Like it's all I have, Snoopy. I, I have yeah. I thought peanuts were wandering around like Knott's Berry Farm. They, I didn't know Silverwood was a. Thing. They are, but I think Silverwood is also a peanuts themed. I think that's their jam, and so it, <laughs> there is the. I want to know. I'm very interested when Tracy gets back to find out what happened because obviously we've got COVID going on. Nobody doesn't know that, so you wonder how a theme park is gonna handle all of that. Then you've got the fact that the it is, you know, under this major brand. And so, of course, they're going to want to be as safe as they can with the families that come. But then it's northern Idaho. And that is just that's the twist of I don't know. Uh, knowing northern Idaho, it's very possible that it, you get your temperature checked as you walk in. And if you do have a fever, they just shoot you on site. Like, See, I I thought it was totally different. I thought literally when you when you cross into Idaho, you go back ten years, and mm -hmm. ten years didn't have COVID, and oh, they don't know yeah. it. They don't, they don't yeah. care. Yeah. They and they're not yeah. gonna like 
that that's how I, I that's how I understand it. Like so, you're seeing tweets of, of people from, you know, like Spokane going to, you know, pay, taking selfies. And so I'm going over to Idaho, so I don't have to wear a mask, yeah. that, that kind of thing, yeah, you know, yeah. but um, either way, um, I bet they aren't waiting in very long lines or maybe they are maybe 10 years ago, the lines were really, really long. Yeah. And, and on last week's show, we had that, he did that clip in the headlines about the, the Japanese like a theme park businessmen who were showing the proper way to ride a ride without screaming, without moving. And so I want to know if he rode the roller coasters, if he followed the advice that was given and that's how he, he keeping the screams in his heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Can you no. imagine Tracy screaming anyway? Yeah. Uh, I can't. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I have said many times, and it it is it's. I can't find a more fitting character in the history of entertainment than Ron Swanson to summarize <laughs> who Tracy is. Tracy is Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec in almost every conceivable manner. It is as though somebody like I want to go back and find out if somebody in Tracy's history knew him and then went to Hollywood and became a writer and built an entire character around the experiences with Tracy, because that, that is Tracy. It is very, yeah, it's very, it's very close. Um, uh, with, you know, Ron Swanson's a lovable character, but, but Tracy's even more lovable, um, with, uh, with, yeah, it's, it's hard. That's a very good mashup. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. We're, uh, things are going to be a little bit different tonight. Uh, Steve and I are we, we it it'll I'm sure it will be a shorter show than we typically do because we're just going to kind of uh, crack wise a little bit and kind of talk about for those of you who don't know. Obviously, we do a podcast called the Dave and Steve Show, but for those of you who don't know, there is a history here with us that goes back a long time, and we've talked about it. We've briefly touched on it at times throughout the show at various times, but we're tonight we're just going to dive into sort of how we met and how we have stayed friends for the better part of easily 40 years. We're going on 40 years now, believe it or not. So it's, it's, it's been 40 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. I did want to, um, I did want to just mention, Steve, I'm going to ask you, you know, if anything big happened, cause just before we went on the air, I said something about, I always try and say, I always do the, t you're 27 miles away. And for some reason, my brain is wired. It wants to make it 26 miles away every time. And I always short you that mile and I'm not sure why. And you have to correct me just, and so that pinged something with you. Cause you were like, Oh, and then you were like, I'll talk about it yeah. on the air. Uh, the thing I did want to say is, so I, uh, you talk about 40 years as friends. I found out yet again this week, I was reminded that I'm old, uh, <laughs> I have a shoulder that's just been bugging me to death. So I went to the doctor and I have a torn labrum and I have a torn rotator in my left shoulder. Yeah. And okay. Rotator. See, you, they, they can throw in rotator and then they say labrum and you're like, that sounds made up. You're not getting a lot of business yeah. right now. Yeah. That's what's going well, on. And I had to be really careful because I, I, I'm pretty sure I told at least a couple people directly after that I had a torn labia because yeah. I was getting the term slightly wrong. So that's yeah, that's a that's different surgery that's required. But but I um, no, I have I, I do have. So I, what, basically what I have to do now is I have to do six to eight weeks of physical therapy and steroids, believe it or not. So I've got this little <laughs> I have this little like my first steroid pack. It's this weird little 
There's like eight. Well, there's like eight in the first row, and then seven in the second row, and so, and it like literally walks you down. But I do steroids along with the physical therapy, and they see how that works. Then they'll give me another burst of steroids to see, and they're just basically trying to see if I can sort of overcome and strengthen it enough to where it doesn't give me a lot of pain. And if that is the case, he said it might be something you can live with and and is manageable. If not, then if this physical therapy and this guy's been doing this for a long time, he basically said, just based on the way I twisted your arm and the, what was giving you a pain and what wasn't, I don't think physical therapy is going to help. But because of insurance, we have to do this. This is the process. So yeah. I go through six to eight weeks of physical therapy. I get an injection in my arm with dye, do an MRI, and then they find out, yes, here's where the tears are. And then I'll have to go in for surgery probably sometime in November. So um, mm. that fortunately what i found out uh is you can still podcast with only one arm so yeah, yeah that's i, I th made that's, sure to ask him i now okay so i'm this is this is me getting old okay um i think everything's a racket and i'm st i'm starting to get curmudgeonly about stuff and i'm just i'm you know i, I i'm i'm of course I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm absolutely not a doctor. And I, I, I couldn't tell you what a labrum was or anything like that. But as soon as you told me this, that, that you were going to go through this, I immediately had the urge to be like, no, you don't want any of that shit. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. And, um, and I, I've been getting pains in my arm like maybe twice a year um, where I, I over do something and it's, it like I can't can't lift my arm. I can't I can't rotate it. Um, and what I've been doing is I bought a sling and I put my arm in a sling for like three days. And right. I don't I just don't use it. Right. And usually usually does the trick. Um, you're probably more advanced than that. Um, and you don't want to go to the Steve Dam School of Medicine and you know let me practice on you because you know that I will just tear up some leaves, yeah, put some water yeah, in the yeah, hat, yeah, and then yeah. rub it on it. That's all I'll do. Um, but <laughs> that's immediately you tell me this. I'm like, yeah, everybody, everybody's trying to get you surgery. Well, so so it has. It, so this has been something I've been dealing with for a couple of years, and it hasn't been. Yes, there is a pain there, but it's like you said, like it is a pain, but we're getting old. We got a lot of pains. I got a lot of things. My knee bugs me every once in a while. Like I, shit goes sideways when you get to a certain age. The thing that made me go in is for the third time, I woke up in excruciating pain from what I can only believe is was my shoulder popping out when I rolled over on it and laid because I like to lay basically on my arm in mm -hmm. the bed. I use my arm almost like my pillow. And I think I spread it too far out. I'm doing it with my right shoulder so that Steve can see it. But I'm not. If I did it with my left shoulder, it would hurt. Right now, it would hurt like crazy. And I woke up, like, literally snapped up in bed, holding my shoulder. And you know, my wife always wakes up and is like, "Is it your shoulder again?" So something else has. It's gotten worse. And so that yeah. was why I finally went in to see the doctor. So, I what where you say the racket. I am 100% with you when it comes to this whole in-between step of, listen, it's a simple outpatient or arthroscopic surgery where they just, you know, they use a little camera now and a little needle and they do the thing and they don't even really have to give you a big incision or anything like that. It is not a complicated thing and you're in and out very quickly. And it's one of them, because I looked this up, the especially the rotator is one of the most common surgeries in America. So this mm -hmm. is done many, many, many times every single day. 
I should not have to go to six to eight weeks of physical therapy when the doctor who has done this hundreds of times says, it's not going to work, you're going to need the surgery, but we have to do this in order to let your insurance agree to the MRI. Yeah, because that's... that's ridiculous <laughs> so anyway i'm not i won't i won't i won't belabor on this but uh if i sound different on a future podcast it's because i'm i'm in a sling and that's of course going to affect my vocal cords he's, he's in a sling he's hopped up on pain meds oh yeah um, we need these injuries because if we're truly going to reach um old man prime these injuries are what what's going to help us predict the weather that's <laughs> like yeah, yeah. yeah. That yep. storm's coming. My knee's <laughs> acting up. That's And that's exactly what we need yeah. these things for. So we shouldn't fix everything. We should leave at least one injury so that we can predict the weather. I had a... So I, I obviously went... I'm Steve, I'm, I know you know all this. I'm saying this to everybody else listening. But I went to college, a regular college, a university for one year. Then I didn't go to school for a long time. And then I went back to basically night classes to become an animator. But one of the things that they had you do at the art school was you, of course, had to take all the basic and breadth classes still. And so I took a, a I don't I don't remember if it was philosophy or what type of, of class it was, but it was literally it was the stereotypical like guy in the trench coat with the big beard, uh, the sort of slicked, greasy hair who talks about, you know, he's a he's a huge um, I'm trying to think of the Johnny Depp. Who is that character that or not the character? Who's the famous guy he played that always wore the glasses? Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. He's huge. Hunter S. Always has the Hunter S. Thompson shirts on and things like that. He's one of those guys that's like too cool for the room all the time. And, and he had this he had this theory that none of us are ever going to die. He basically said everybody from your age for or Pat, your age and younger, anybody born after you is going to live forever because by the time you are old enough to be a senior citizen, they're going to have figured out some way to get your brain into a computer so that it can be housed and held forever or preserve your thoughts and memories in some way and eventually put you back into another, whether it's a body or you live virtually or whatever it is. So he basically was just, he had this, it was like a six week lecture that he did on why he believed nobody's ever going to die anymore, at least not in the way that we used to, that we typically think of dying. And so that's my big thing is I'm always... You, look, you just looked the guy up and you saw he just got hit by a bus. <laughs> no, but I'm always, I'm always thinking I'm going to spend all this money on insurance premiums and paying for this shit and the rehabilitation and going through all the pain and the hassle and all that kind of stuff. And then they're just going to put me in a computer and I'm never going to have to worry about it anyway. So why am I going through all this right now? And the, not only that, they're going to put you into a computer and you better not miss that rent payment or you're just going to get erased <laughs> yeah. and you'll pay extra for that pain. Like you're going to like, oh man, what I wouldn't give to feel, you know, when it's going to rain again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So tell me, tell me about the 26 miles. What did that trigger as far as it, it, it made you think of something? What, what, well, it's 27 miles. See, I did yeah. it again. And that was not, that was not intentional. That's what I do. It's 26 for me. And I don't know why. It's okay. You know what is funny is we'll go back and we'll check it and it will be 26. Right. And I've been right. correcting the wrong <laughs> time, yeah. um, which is par for my course. That's yeah. like, that is right there. Um, so, uh, you, so you live in a beautiful area out there in, um, that place. Um, the, I don't know if you want to say where you're at because well, I mean, the, the the last time we were we had this podcast, people were swarming your house. So yeah, I, exactly. I don't want to say. Yeah, no, the oh, Lake Stevens yeah. area. Nobody on this podcast is probably going to know where that is, but 
Oh, that's where Chris Pratt is from. So they'll all go okay. to his house. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, great. Um, so my wife and I like it out there and, but more importantly, my wife and I like you and your wife, we, we've really grown quite fond of you. I don't um, like where this is I mean, is going. I've been there a long time, but Wendy, Wendy was a quick study. So, um, we have been looking for, um, you know, just, you know how you do, you go on Zillow and you're like, Oh, well, I could live up there. Well, there, there's a place like right across the road, um, for sale. Um, yeah. that's, you know, way too nice. Like it's, it's just beyond what we might be able to handle if we sold our place and everything we own. But, yeah. um, but if we could make that happen, we could live like right across the street. And we think that's a great idea, but I'm seeing the fear in your eyes. I'm seeing <laughs> that you're just a little bit like, no. that's, I was thinking about that house. Much. That yeah. house is a, so the family in that house is a trip because easily the most athletic family I've ever seen in my life. There's, I think there's seven of them every morning without fail. The five kids wake up and run and they run up and down our street multiple, multiple times. If you go, I've never been in the house, but both of my kids have because they were out just kind of walking around, especially when we first moved in, they would just kind of wander and talk to people and, and meet the neighbor kids and all that kind of stuff. And so they met that family and they brought them inside. So indoors they have, there's a gymnasium. There's, um, they have like a, a weird, like workout room with like trampolines indoors. Mm -hmm. They have outdoor trampolines. They have an outdoor basketball court that looks like it could be owned by LeBron James. It's so pristine and nice. But my kids were saying that one of their, like their big, uh, office area has huge bookshelves on it and they're filled with trophies. It's just, oh. they said that they're, it looked like there were hundreds of trophies of all different things. And they're not just the kids. They're the mom and dad as well. The mom and dad, I guess the dad is like a triathlete and the mom did something with softball or like, they're all just like crazy athletic people. And so truth be told, we're kind of intimidated by them. I'd be fine with getting them out of there and getting you guys in. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, so we'll, we'll keep trying. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how successful we're going to be, but we'll we'll keep an eye on it. And uh, if we can make it happen, I mean, we're doing so much in the yard now. We're we're like up in the air with what we're, you know, what the next thing is going to be. We have all this lumber we were supposed to use for one thing, and now we're thinking about doing it for another thing. And now we don't have enough room for this or that, and we have to move these things. So now it's you know we have three days off, and then the weekend, so five days, and. Now we, we're either going to build something, um, or we're going to order something and build something else. Yeah, I, but, I, we, but I have no idea. But I know you guys, I know that when it comes to something like this, you're both your planners in terms of you have a plan for the house that you're in right now. You have a plan in terms of your son being in a specific school district and doing certain things. What is that? What is the plan as far as I assume you guys are going to stay until Zach is done with school there, right? That's the idea. Um, the idea has been to to stay in the in the um, school district, um, but you know things are everything. Everything is up in the air now, right? You know right. who the hell knows what is going to go on, or who has a better online program, or what? You know, we, we had our first. We had our very first just today. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got something in my throat. But we had 
Today we had our very first applicant at the place that I work who as part of the we offered we made an offer to him and he returned with a counter offer of this all sounds good but I want to work from home permanently. I want to I want to be at home as long as I have this job and that he, Forever. Right, right. That's what he yeah. countered with. Um and that was the that was the first time but i'm i'm convinced that's going to become the norm not the norm in that everybody's going to do it but it's not it's going to be the it's going to become very typical that people say yeah. i want to work from home because people want to go live wherever they want to live and telecommute if possible um and and so we're i mean we're there too we've i think everybody like you said has had the conversations at this point of what does this mean where could we move if if we could if the we could literally live anywhere especially in the states where would we go for us it's right now it's just we have same thing we have kids and for us it's much more about the kids have friends and we wouldn't mm -hmm. want to move them away from the friends if we didn't have to and we're right. very happy where we are but once the kids are gone yeah all, all bets are off like we'll we'll move anywhere oh yeah and that's i mean we we've looked at like the one of we you know, you're on zillow we looked at um, a house in, uh, back in Lawrence, Kansas, where we, we used to drive by this house all the time and be like, Oh, that is, that's gorgeous. Any of these houses right here, like these five houses on this part of the street, I, I would love this house. And, and, and one went on the market and they rarely ever go on the market and it's gorgeous inside. And it's like, $300,000 less than it would be, yeah. you know, so yeah. like it's, it's a situation where it's like, we could literally sell our house right now and almost buy that thing outright. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, we couldn't, but it, I mean, we, it would be, you, you're like, cause here in the Pacific Northwest, you look at like, uh, you look at the, um, the real estate and it's like, well, you put 20% down, you're like, <laughs> 20 yeah. down yeah. but that would be like hey we could put 20 we we would be like the we could put 20 percent down yeah. on this house and um and then you know that's not it you're living like kings because you're you know it's a totally different kind of economy there it's you know you you know hell you'd be mayor yeah yeah exactly it but, is uh, <clears throat> it i you know i've always been I've always been incredibly enamored with, there's a few places that I have been to. Uh, I think I said it last week. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I've said it previously on the show. Los Angeles was a place that I was enamored with. I was, I was drawn there. I wanted to go work in animation and film and all that kind of stuff. Having been to Los Angeles uh, enough times now, many, many, many times, I hate Los Angeles and I would never want to live in Los Angeles. But... <clears throat> I did travel. I've had the fortune of, because of business, I've gone to New York several times. Mm -hmm. I have not lost my love for New York and the fact that you can just, yes, you're going to lose things like yards and things like that, depending on where you live and how close to the city you live. But there's just so much culture and there's so much diversity and there's so much like you, you just see so many and it is not a feeling like it is in Los Angeles where you feel like everybody is trying to get something from you. New York feels like everybody trying to just coexist and be as, as good as they can. Um, so that was my wife and I actually talked about like once the kids are gone, 
we'd flirt with, you know, because we can always move again, but we would go for a year or two and go live in New York and live in a little tiny apartment yeah. and live in the city and see what it's like. And if we hate it, we hate it and we take off. And if we don't, because I do think things are changing now. We have seen things change now to where, yes, if you do, you know, manual labor or physical work or anything like that, maybe you won't have the luxury. But for something like what I do, I'm, I don't have to go to an office. It's, it's mm -hmm. kind of ridiculous that we've spent this long as humans going to offices because we're just trained that that's what you do. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, I, yeah. And I'm very fortunate in that sense that, you know, my job isn't anchored here. Like I could do my job from just about anywhere, which is nice. So it's, it's nice to dream. I, um, you know, speaking of your job and then we'll, we'll move on, but <clears throat> Tessa asked me, my wife asked me the other day, and as we've already said on this show, I've known Steve for 40 years. <clears throat> I would say of those 40 years, roughly two of those years, I, I had a good handle on what you did for a living. Uh, you, I, I knew that you worked at a music store. Um, <laughs> I knew exactly what you did. And then past that, she said, you know, uh, Tell me again what Steve's job is like what is because we were talking about this exact same thing of how we can telecommute and how you know we've been fortunate and you and Wendy have been as well and I said you know I don't know but I know he can do it remotely yeah. I it, yeah. it, you re and I the example I used I don't know if you ever watched it but you remind me of Chandler on friends they were great friends with Chandler and Chandler lived with them but they could not explain what Chandler did for a living and that's that's how I feel about you. Is I I don't know. I I don't. It has something to do with with talking. Yeah, yeah. I'm good with the talking. That's that's what that's what that is. It's um it's it's not glamorous. It's not fantastic. It's it's um it's I sell software. That's right. that's what I do. So um yeah, that part I got it. right. But I yeah. I I said but I, I know he sells software, but I could not tell you what it is. Yeah. Um, I sell a, a type of software that, um, that is very niche. Like I used to sell software that was very compatible with like Microsoft data or right. SharePoint. Um, I, I used to sell software that did that. Um, but now, um, this is, um, uh, this is all like project management. Software. I really so want, I really wanted you to go, I wanted, because I thought that's what you were doing. I thought you were queuing it up to be really serious and then say that it's some like software that allows you to find scenes involving men with one testicle in pornography. <laughs> like I thought you were going to go off the, no. okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't, I didn't do that. I, um, I should have, I should have done something like that, but I, I didn't. Um, no, it's, 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 it's not, you know, super glamorous. Um, I can tell you that I love the job. I love the company. I think it's fantastic. Um, and that's, you know, people, when they were workplaces, they say that, but I mean, I've worked other places that I'm like, yeah, this is good. I've, you know, it's, it's solid. I feel like I'm, you know, doing a good job. This place is dynamite and I, I enjoy working every day. It's, it's really, it's a, it's a good place to go. So, I mean, I, for a while I was, um, I was out just basically talking about, um, educational credit unions for a while. I, I did that for a little over a year and that was a great job. I mean, that was a fantastic, I mean, you basically drive around and you give, you know, teachers checks or yeah, you yeah. teach little courses to, um, 
you know, high school kids about being safe on the internet and stuff. I mean, it, it, it's, um, that was a great job, but it's been mostly sales. Um, and you know, I've wanted to do other things. I've wanted to do, you know, more marketing, more writing, but you get sucked in and there you are. Yeah. And that's all of a sudden that's, that's the only thing on your resume. And then, you know, you want to change, but they're like, no, you don't do, you don't do any of that stuff. Well, I, I do, but no, you know, you really don't do that. It <laughs> so. is. Yeah. It is a tough, um, I started to, so I was first, I was an animator and then I was an art director and what I started to, I started to read the room in terms of I'm getting older especially when it comes to animation, believe it or not, it's a young person's job. You have to have a lot of energy to be an animator because you literally act out the stuff you animate yourself. You spend a lot of hours animating things. You have to have high energy. Like it is a, it's a, it's a job for young people and it is a, a job that you definitely outgrow. So I eventually parlayed that into being an art director but even at a certain point with art direction, you start to look around in the video game industry and it is a young person's game. And rightfully so. The, the, the target demographic that you make a video game for, for the most part, is that 18 to 49. And I am quickly surpassing that. I'm not at the 49 yet, but I'm getting there. And yeah. so you want that's I made the conscious effort to switch into more of a production role because... I knew that as a producer, I could basically help facilitate the young people to get the things done that they needed to. And mm -hmm. I could keep things in order and I could drive those people and motivate them. But I didn't have to be the boots on the ground person doing it anymore because I've seen way too many people in the industry lose touch, still try to do it far too long and become the person that gets kind of snickered about in the in the back halls of like, oh, did you hear what Mark said today? Like, yeah. it's one of those kind of things. So. Um, I, I, I didn't want to do that. So I, I definitely, what I'm saying is I definitely feel where you're coming from in terms of, I started to get so far into the art thing that I was just like, I got nothing else. Like I know how to draw pictures and I'm, that's really kind of about it. And I've even, I've, I've truly, I've even thought like, cause the software industry is really fickle in just in general, if the entire thing crashes or my job goes away and this industry is in rough shape who who knows what's going to happen what do i do what do i like what is my i can't i don't know how to be an electrician i don't know how to work on cars i don't know i don't have a trade of any kind i like you were saying i found my way into some crazy industry that i just i did for long enough that now it's what i do but i don't have any these skills do not apply anywhere else in the known free world. Like it's, it, it would be, it'd be interesting. So I'm, I, I guess I'm, I live my life in fear. It's hard. Don't live your life in fear <laughs> um, to translate those, those skills over. You'd be surprised. There would be, you'd, you'll translate those right over to the, um, you know, factory floor. Right. Where you'll, yeah. you'll help motivate young because you need to be young and energetic yeah. if you're going to get your hands out of the way of the uh, of the uh, metal press that's, yeah, right. that's happening right there. <laughs> you, you have to motivate those kids. I see you. You said, you know, you don't want to be the guy that snickered about. But um, I imagine that there are moments where you you come in, somebody is having a problem with animation that they're trying to do something. You're trying to explain to it and then you just say, uh, okay, move. And then you solve it and you do it right there, you know, and you do this beautiful, 
um, you do this beautiful piece where the motion is exactly fluid like they wanted it to be and they they described and they're like holy cow yeah why is he doing in your you just you know you just kind of walk out uh, yeah I, I i i stroke my my silver locks to the side and, <laughs> exactly. and walk out yeah you know you just sit down you do it like it's like it's right. not even a big thing and all the all the young bucks are like oh my gosh while did smoking and drinking did? my coffee yeah yeah. Uh, I, so I had a I had a manager who he was I mean, he truly was one of the pioneers in like the CG computer graphics industry. And he started over in England. He's British. And I remember him saying to me, he said, you know, there is a there is a time in my life where I could say and it was true. He said there's there's a famous movie called Black Hawk Down. There's a moment in that movie. It's all based around a helicopter crashing he mm -hmm. did himself he built the helicopter in 3d he crashed the helicopter in 3d he did all the vfx because it was in the days when the, you kind of had to do it the person who knew how to do it did it all and so he built mm -hmm. that entire scene did the entire what you see in the movie and he said there there was a point in my life where i could put that on any resume and i knew i could get a high paying job at one of a hundred companies in the world and he said now if i say to somebody well, I did the crash scene from Black Hawk Down. Their first response is, what's Black Hawk Down? Because the movie's yeah. so old at this point. <laughs> He's like, so my crowning jewel now gets me nothing. It gains me no favor other than the few people who still remember how difficult it was to do that back in those days. But now a 16-year-old on his computer watching a YouTube video tutorial can do the same thing inside of 20 minutes. He's like, it's just yeah. not as impressive as it used to be. So it is, yeah, a, yeah. anyway. Uh, okay, well, I get it. Let's. <laughs> I totally understand. Let's move on. Um, Tracy's taking up way too much time here. Let's. Uh, let's just... <laughs> He's killing us all. Yeah. I did want to tell you that we uh, that our um, washing machine went out. You're gonna. Everybody's gonna love this. This is gonna change podcasting. Okay. Um, our washing. So it didn't go out. It. I went down to change the little filter at the bottom that you have to. We have a German Shepherd, and it clogs it up with hair. So. Well, you first shouldn't wash it, your German Shepherd in the washing machine. That's well, first things first. He gets in there. I don't know how it does, but um, you're supposed to do it fairly regularly. The first time I did it um, was, you know, several months ago, um, and it turned really, really hard. Like it was. It, it's not supposed to. You know, I go on YouTube and it says, "Oh, yeah, no, you just reach in there, you turn it, you pull it out, you you know, fix it, you know, put it back in, and everything's great." Do that, you know, every few months, and um, so. You know, I went down to to do it and it just turned so hard, you know, the first time. And I finally got it out. Like I had to brute force it open, get it out, clean it. I put it back in and I, you know, you know, tighten it back up. This last time I really had to brute force it to get it out. And I cleaned it out. I mean, it was just all gummed up. And then I put it back in and I uh, I turned it and, and uh, tightened it and the next day I ran a little laundry and it was leaking. Like we have a pan. So the pan was full. Right. Thankfully it wasn't all over the floor. And I'm like, Oh great. So I check and right there where you turn that, um, like, what do they call it? The drain pump filter. Um, it's just dripping, just constant dripping right there. And I'm like, okay, that's it. So I have to, I have to take it out or I have to tighten it. So I try to take it out, try to tighten it. Um, they say, well, if it's hard, you know, use pliers. So I use pliers didn't work. You know, I mean, I am really, you know, giving it to this thing and I can, 
I just, I'm a factory for drops, <laughs> just a factory for drops. Um, so I can't, I can't make it happen. I am wrestling with this thing. And finally somebody said, well, don't push it too hard or you're going to break it and, and it'll just strip it out and you won't be able to get it out. So then I saw another one. It's like, well, you, you actually, you need to take the whole pump out and clear it because there's something that's, that's preventing it from turning. There's something in the catch that you didn't Got you know, it. swipe out. Yep. And so I'm like, okay, so that's what I have to do. And you know, everybody on YouTube just go underneath. Yeah. Pop off a couple of YouTube screws. videos are always you know, so like, you know, and it is, you know, so that's, Oh, well that's, that's a hot point. Oh, that's a Kenmore. Oh, that's whatever. But you know, mine's the Samsung that I have to take out and, yeah. and open. And, and it's a good machine. I'm not, the good people at Samsung, please continue to sponsor right. our show. The official washing machine yeah. of the Dave and Steve show. Exactly. Um, but no, like that is definitely not. And um, by that time, I've spent way too much, much time on this thing. I'm incredibly frustrated. And Wendy comes in and she's like, well, let's take the sucker out of there and let's um, put it on its side and let's get this thing out. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we pull it out and we, you know, lay it down on, on the ground and we're down there just, you know, anything that has this thing, you know, attached and, and it's, it's involved. And we pull this whole pump out and try to, um, you know, try to open it, can't open it. Cause I figured I could get, you know, torque if I had both hands, you know, turning opposite direction. Nope. Um, and so I'm like, poking a screwdriver in there, like, like, you know, a chimpanzee with a stick, just trying yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's nothing I can do. Um, and I said, well, here, Wendy, you know, take it, just, just, you know, tap it on the thing. And she lightly taps it on the, um, on the side of the washer. And this plastic piece goes ping, gone, broken off completely. This thing's never going back in. Correctly yeah. Again. yeah. So now I'm, you know, we're calling, the Samsung folks and they're nice. They try to hook us up. They forget to log our ticket. And so we have to call them back and it's this whole thing. So I got to go to the laundromat and oh wow, I, I miss going to the laundromat. The laundromat down from my house is right next to the donut shop. How awesome is that? Yeah. I did not have a donut. Um, but uh, I got to do all the laundry at the same time. And so I did like, you know, three big loads of laundry um, and it took me, you know, an hour. And now was this while you, while the ticket was going on and you were waiting to see if you could get it fixed and all that, or is this, you're just doing this while you're waiting for the new washing machine to show up now that you've ordered? Well, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. So we thought the ticket was in process that we were going to get somebody to come out and I've called them three times to, because yet they're like, okay, this is a, this is a, you know, um, authorized, you know, mechanic for right. washing machines. Here's their number. Here's your ticket number. Call them and, you know, get it scheduled. They sent me a text message to get it scheduled. They sent us an email. It's all automated. I've called them three times. Nobody's picked up. I've left very polite, you know, messages. Doesn't matter. We're still waiting on that. And there's going to be a Got moment it. where it's just like, we're going to get a new washing machine. Yeah. Go to and Lowe's and get that. Any minute, you know, that's, it's any minute. So we're waiting, we're waiting for that. But just the idea, like if I could order this one piece yeah. in it, yeah. I could put it back in. I could, I know I could, Wendy and I, well, Wendy could definitely do it. I, but I'm pretty sure I could do it. And that's a big well, deal. And that, the, <clears throat> so this is what I was going to say is your wife and my wife are both 
cut from the same cloth when it comes to they are the characters in every like Transformers movie where there's the old decrepit robot that they find in like the barn somewhere and they're like oh man this thing looks cool but it'll never work again and then your wife or my wife just dives into it and starts taking things out and they're like it can't be any different than the refrigerator that I fixed and everybody in the movie goes oh they're never going to get that to work and then the robot's eyes blink on and it stands up like those two are both my wife will do the same thing of just like it's just like you said like when when they come into the room and they say well let's just pull the washing machine out and turn it on its side and open it up you kind of go well shit you're right like yeah i totally should have done that why have i not Uh, been doing that to now and well (laughs) because she came in she saw that i had totally done a um our hometown job on it where I had leaned it back and put a block underneath it. So it wouldn't crush my head. It totally would have crushed my head. You know, I'm I'm down there and you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you, you wish for a washing machine to fall on your head, but, but at that point it wasn't, that wasn't the case. And that oddly enough, not the first time a washing machine has almost crushed my skull. Um, (laughs) We can go into that some other time. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I told you that story because I needed sympathy. Well, I, I'm sorry. And, and listen, I know it's next to a donut shop, but uh, as, a, as a man, I'm speaking even from, from the standpoint of my dad used to own a laundromat. So I'm not speaking ill of laundromats in general, but laundromats are, seem to be the places where people go to die. It is. There were some nice folks at that laundromat. Did you get, um, did you get chatty with him? Did you meet the people? I, um, I didn't, um, I didn't get chatty, but the, but the person that, you know, the owner was there really nice, uh, directed me to different, nobody's ever directed me to machines like this is, this one washes, this one drives, this is big, this was little, you know, that's, but they did, they showed me and I'm like, oh, that, you know, that saved me a minute. Thanks. You know, I I appreciate (laughs) that. that That's a minute I can go use to go get a donut next door. That's great. Exactly. From the, the, you know, that donut shop too, by the way. I do. Um, yeah, that's the donut shop by that little Safeway that we used. We used to live up on the corner, um, uh, off of one sixtieth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the couple yeah. that always fought. Yeah, this is now it's two ladies. Oh, gotcha. That, okay, and they are donut Nazis. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And now they are the sweetest ladies, but everybody knows the soup Nazi. Yeah. These ladies, you walk in, you better know what donut you want. Yeah. And. And they are, they are business. They're like, you walk in, nobody's behind you. There's not a line at all. And you say, um, I think I'm going to have six. And, um, they're like, well, if you get, if you get seven, you get a free they, one. If you get six, you get a free one. No so, matter what donut shop it is in America, they upsell you. They're they going to give you more. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. And so you say, okay, I'll have a, uh, I'll have a glazed buttermilk and, yeah. They're like, right. They're like, and, and you're like, Oh, uh, and, uh, a, a fritter. And yeah. like, like they, they're yeah. like, I know what you're going to get next. Just say it so I can get it. You know, that's <laughs> exactly like they're and yeah. a, uh, chocolate sprinkle. And like, they're like, I, I can't wait another second for you, but they are the, the they're yeah. so nice. Like they're really, really sweet, but they have no patience for you ordering donuts. So, so, there. so- We'll, we'll use that, and I should have shut my stupid email off so I didn't get notifications. Uh, that's all right. By the way, I've got a meeting tomorrow at 1030, just in case you were wondering, because that's what oh, rolled okay. in. 
Uh, but so that what you had mentioned there about, you know, the hey, that place that was we'll use this to segue because that was one of the three places that you and I have lived together in mm-hmm. uh, in our in over the course of our 40 years. So let's let's take it back all the way back to how you and I met, which was obviously we're from the same small, small, small town in central mm-hmm. Washington state. So we were bound to. To meet one way or the other you meet everybody in that town but exactly um you and i went to the same preschool mm-hmm. and most of this anything that we talk about along this journey i will have what i call bright spots and i don't mean bright spots in terms of they were happy spots i mean they're spots in my brain that i can actually remember most of it is very fuzzy for me i don't have great especially long-term memory you have fantastic long-term memory. You remember all these little bits and pieces along the way that you often tell me about. And I go like, I'll take your word for it because I don't remember that, but I believe you. Um, but I do remember, and we, we don't have to go, this isn't, this is your life, Steve and Dave or anything like that. I'm All I'm saying is my earliest memory of you is us sitting around a circle together in a little preschool room with name cards in front of us on the floor that we had to write our name on and then mm-hmm. we put them all and there was uh, all I remember and maybe you'll remember not me but there was one kid who was nuts because all the name cards were nicely written and facing each other and we were all in this nice little circle and I literally remember scanning around with my eyes and reading all the names and then when you got to his it was all marked up it was torn uh I think he had ate the tape that he was supposed to use to stick on the floor so it was just there was one of these that was not like the other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that was me. Might've been, might've been me. No. Um, I'm no, pretty sure I, that kid's yeah, name there, was, there, was, that, was Jeremy. There, what I can tell you what, what I remembered from that, because it was in like a sub basement. It wasn't yeah. like in a, um, I mean, it was a, one of the, it was a nicer building, but it was, you know, kind of in a lower basement where the, where the windows were way up high and they were very skinny. So you could, yep. so if there was a fire, they could push you through them and then you would be okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were um, going to say we were all dead. Yeah, no, no, no. So there, there were a couple things about that preschool there. Um, I remember you coming out because you got to do it first um, where we got to make scrambled eggs and we were really excited to make scrambled eggs. And they taught you how to mix the scrambled eggs with some milk and then some salt and pepper. And then you, you cook them. And then, you know, you walked out and I, I remember you saying to me, I made eggs. And then, <laughs> and then you just, you were excited. And I, and I'm yeah. like, I'm going to get to make eggs. Yeah. And then I went, I made eggs, but you were, um, you were singled out by the, and I, I've told the story. I, I know, I think I told the story at our graduation, but you literally were one of two students that had had figured out how to mix yellow and blue, blue paint to make green paint. It was you and Linda um, were able to do it. <laughs> yeah, see this, I don't remember at all. But... Yeah, but you, but they stood you and Linda up there. And I remember, I, I remember yours was, you had like, three or four fingers that came across one way with blue and then down the other with yellow. And then you could see the little green patches there. And then um, Linda's was, um, you know, kind of a little bit more, I'm totally in the middle of it. Right. It's just like that. Yeah. It's just like that. Dave. Lin- um, Linda was incredibly smart, right? Wasn't she, am I thinking of somebody else? Oh, I'm thinking of 
Sarah, Susan, Susan. I thought, wasn't Linda like incredibly bright? Yeah, Linda was smart. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she's mixing paint. You and, and literally telling <laughs> a story about you guys being better this. than everybody else. So <laughs> I'm, tell, I'm telling you the story of who the smart kids are and you're standing next to one. So I don't know what, no. what you want me to do. I didn't, know you, I didn't know you were using the fact that I accidentally smeared my hands in two directions with two different colors of paint on it as a sign of my intellect. I was saying... I was the dumb one that did that, but wasn't Linda really smart? Because I remembered her being... So, yeah, she was. But the thing is, is yours was far more deliberate. Yours was very, I mean, down, across, different. And look at that. Oh, right. wow, that's real. That's, that's, I'm, I'm like, holy shit, that's yeah. art. I, we should put that on the wall. <laughs> like, that. does this place have a refrigerator? Yeah. That thing should go on the fridge. And and I, I remember looking at it, I'm like, wow. I... It it blew my mind. I'm like, first of all, that is really, really cool. And I'm like, why didn't I think of that? that, that I'm totally upset at myself. That like, dickhead got I... to make eggs first and now this. Well, I think that's what got you to make eggs first. Oh, like, gotcha. let's, okay. let's see if the smart kid doesn't burn himself to death <laughs> and then we'll, we'll bring the other guy in. So, and... so let's, let's jump forward a little bit because so the, one of the things that I remember about you, you know, now we're in grade school and everything else. I remember very early on feeling intimidated by you because you got into a level of humor that I didn't comprehend. I didn't understand. You were very early on, you were into Monty Python. You were into a lot of these things where I would watch it and I would laugh because I knew I was supposed to laugh, but I didn't understand the humor. I didn't get it. <laughs> and so... Like I say, so I had <clears throat> growing up, especially in the grade school years, I had two very good friends. I had Steve and I had my friend Dan Johnson. And we, the three of us, intermingled a lot. And Steve got into sophisticated, what I would call, because I mean, listen, I think a lot of people would, I don't say a lot of people, there are people who would look at a, something like Monty Python and say, that's corny, stupid humor. Like, I don't, why do you think that's funny? It's very deep. It, there, there is, a, there is a, a richness to Monty Python that is what makes it awesome. And it's what makes it loved by so many people. I'm not saying this like I've discovered something new. The point is, Steve was there. And then Dan Johnson was an incredible artist pretty much from the time he walked out of the womb. Like, he... He, he was never taught how to draw. He was never, he didn't take classes. He didn't look at books. He could just draw incredibly well. It, it, it was, I, I'm not going to say almost creepy, but I, I will say that in kindergarten, I remember um, Ms. Walton asking us all to draw a bird. And I was like, okay, they, I, I, I can do a beak. Right. And I can do, I can do wings and legs and that's a bird. And, and like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. And she, she walks by and she's like, oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you're going to pass this. You, you drew a bird. And then Dan holds up a freaking mallard duck. Yeah. Like perfect, perfectly rendered <laughs> with like complete with green head. Yeah. Like shaded. Yeah. And, uh, and the curly tail at the back, right. like, you know, everything that you could say, like a, a freaking mallard. Well, it's a male mallard, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not the female. Yeah. So, and, 
Yeah, but so, you're, you're not lying. That's why I told that story. So I had, so I had, so here's the way it went. So I had you into the humor. I had Dan into the drawing. I wanted to do both of those things. I wanted to be the funny guy, especially in the class. I wanted to be the funny guy and I wanted to be the artist. And I had two people now who were better at me, better than me at both of those things. So then around, I don't know, 12 years old, 13 years old, I thought, you know what? I got it. I'm going to do musical instruments. That's going to be my thing. And Steve was already a much better drummer. Steve was a better drummer then than I am a guitar player now. So you even took that away from me. I had I had nothing creatively that I could say, this is my jam. Well, no. I, I mean, that... It's it. It warms my heart to know that uh, that you thought of it so fondly. Honestly, it's really great. But uh, um, but that wasn't. I mean, that wasn't the case. I mean, I was like, I am never going to be this good. I'm not. I'm never going to be that good at football. I can't do it. I just can't. I'm. I'm going to try, and then I'm. I'm going to fail, and I'm not going to do it. So I. So I didn't. I wasn't I didn't do it. I, I wasn't good at football. I was big. That in a small town, that's what it takes to be good at football. I was a large person. Like that was you were good at that. You you worked hard at you were good um, at being at basketball. I stank at basketball, and I was like, yeah, why? Why would the coach ever start me? The reason is because I'm an idiot. Like I'm not good. I'm not good. Did you did you ever shoot a did you ever shoot a basket in the wrong in your opposing team's hoop? Um, I probably would have had they ever played me. Cause I did, <laughs> I got a rebound. I brought it down. I gathered, I went back up and this was in high school. This was not like I was learning the sport for the first time, but it's okay. So we're basketball. Now we're going to talk about one of my memories that I have of you that does not translate well into audio. So I will be quick about this, but Steve loved to get a laugh out of people. He loved to get a rise out of people and he would do it at the expense of himself without giving it a moment's thought. And so go back and watch the old Aerosmith video from the eighties called dude looks like a lady. There's a moment in that song where the line is she like it, like it, like it. I know it's ridiculous, but trust me, it works when it's put to music <clears throat> and Steven Tyler in that video does a very specific hip thrust. He has a move that he does while he's saying she like it, like it, like it. So Steve took it upon himself in one basketball game to, as he defended people, he would just run up to them while they were dribbling the basketball and say, she like it, like it, like it, while thrusting his <laughs> hips at them <laughs> as a distraction. And listen, it was effective because they would they would literally like drop their shoulders and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? As one of the other players from our team would take the ball and go like it was. Yeah, but it, it did. It, you know, the problem with that is when it worked the first time, Right. Um, and it, it got a it laugh really, out of the bench because we were it, roaring on the bench. It reinforces. Now, it did not please the coach. Well, but, that, um, that's what I was going to say is he, he told you not to do it and you did it again. And then you did it one more time and then he pulled you. Yeah. You know, the third time when, they, when, <laughs> when it didn't, yeah. you know, that, not knowing when to stop was yeah. the thing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was something that was something that really happened. We, I remember, um, I remember talking about that a lot at home um, with my, with my folks and why, why, uh, why yeah, and we, I learned about what, you know, humility and shame should be. That was a, we talked about it. 
yeah 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 well and so so you and i obviously you know we intertwined all throughout we were in school plays together and we went camping together and we went to beach houses together and we took road trips together and we sort of wound our way all through and then there was a certain point where and i i I will say that i think this was me more than you we grew apart in mid late high school i started to get much more into the i guess what you would consider the sort of rednecky go up in the hills with a keg of beer light a huge fire be stupid like kids did and that was never your jam even back then like you've never been a drinker you've never drank alcohol and so that just but not only that like i was such a prude like just like looking down my nose at all that like i was just so judgmental of the whole thing just i mean i i look back at how i was in high school i I would never be my friend in high school (laughs) never ever be my friend what a dick no so but i was a, listen i was a dick in a different way we, it's high school we're all everybody's a dick when they're in everybody's everybody's does things you look back on high school and you're like ah, i could have done that so differently now and there's a i got a list of people i'd like to go apologize to but what i was gonna say is so we kind of we kind of grew apart and then i i you and i went to the same university we went to central washington university for the year that i attended you finished central washington university but at a certain it took, point, it took an extra year, but yeah, I, I moved away. And so there was the point where we had played, even in high school, we had played in our band together. We had some kind of connection, but it wasn't like we were hanging out in social circles together. And then I, I, I'm fuzzy on exactly how it went down, but I know you and I had a phone call one night when I was living over in the Seattle area. And somehow we both wholeheartedly agreed that you should come live with my wife and I at the time so that you could move over to Seattle with your newfound college degree. You can get a job and you could figure out what you were going to do and get your feet on the ground. And perfectly reasonable. The, the, well, here's the other thing too, is that we had moved into a place that we had no business, just like the place that we bought this time that we had no business buying at that stage in our life. Cause we couldn't afford it. Yeah. And so we moved into a, we, we, took out a long-term rental agreement on a very nice apartment that we couldn't afford anyway. And so, and it wasn't like I, I pulled the, I tried to pull a fast one on you. I was open with you about it. Like, Hey, come live with us. Cause I can't afford to live here anyway. You can get your feet on the ground. We can get this figured out and, and then we'll figure out what to do next. <clears throat> and that's where Steve and I developed our love of professional wrestling. <laughs> uh, this was late 90s and professional wrestling was hot it was the stone cold steve austin era um and i won't bore you with the details of of 90s wrestling because that doesn't matter but every monday night without fail steve and i and i was i was fortunate in the sense i say fortunate I didn't have to worry about my wife at the time because she worked nights. She worked in restaurants. And so she worked evenings. So when Steve and I got off work at our normal work hours, the typical nine to five, what you would expect, we didn't have anything to do. And so we started watching <laughs> wrestling and, and that became our thing. And then it just became like our thing. Like yeah, we watched it without fail every Monday night. It became almost like a religion. And even so we, we stayed in that apartment. We moved to a new town home, uh, whatever it was, a year later, maybe not a year, but 
Then we were in that townhome. How long were we in the townhome? Eight, 18 months, two years? Yeah, yeah, probably about 18 months, something like that. Then Steve, in that amount of time, you know, he had been dating Wendy off and on. And they, Steve and Wendy used to have these marathon phone calls where they would be on the phone for like six hours at night yeah, talking to each other. Um, we, we had a lot to say. And so they, but then, you know, they started to get serious. And so when Steve and Wendy started officially, and they had been dating for a while, but we decided the four of us now would get a place together and we would rent a house and we would move into this house. That's a long-winded way of saying all of that shit went down over the course of however many years. And in that house, you and I were still watching wrestling every Monday night. Yeah, without well, but you, you did skip over the part where, um, where, um, I'm, 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 you know, dating Wendy and you like took me aside and you're like, Hey, uh, you know, it, it, and it was in the, it was in the way of, Hey, I know you're going to arrive at this eventually. So I'm just going to kind of help you along, but you are never going to do better than, than, uh, Wendy, you need to ask her to marry you if like soon. You need yeah. to, you need to do it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, we should do that. And so Dave and I went, Dave and I went together and shopped for um, the engagement ring. And it was one of the greatest shopping experiences I've ever had. Another, another one of my favorite memories of you was when the very nice woman on the other side of the jewelry counter was looking at showing you rings and you were kind of looking at them and you were doing the thing that people do. You were kind of putting it on your pinky cause these are women's rings and that's what size it kind of fits on. And so she just, I mean, asking, making conversation, she said, what size ring does your girlfriend or, or soon to be fiance wear? And you said, I'm, I'm not sure, like, uh, what ring size is your average hot dog? And you held up your fingers and showed like this as though she had giant hot dog fingers. <laughs> and the look on the woman's face, she was trying to be so polite, but she was obviously shocked. And then you cracked the smile and we all started laughing and she understood that you were just kidding. But I'll, again, that is one of those things I will never forget is when you compared your, your future fiance's ring size or finger size to that of a hot dog. I, I remember putting my, my sandaled foot up on the counter <laughs> and pointing to my big toe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it was a, that was a great afternoon. Yeah. We hit like, that was like Bellevue Square, five. right? That was Bellevue Square. Yeah. 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 And that, that place that we were at where that happened was uh, Zales. If anybody yeah. wanted to know uh, <laughs> which uh, salespeople have the um, most patience. Right. Right. So, yeah. Uh, that wasn't, that and so the, um, we may have even said it since the relaunch of the podcast. I'm not sure, but the reason that I even parlayed into the, not just the thread of us, you know, we lived at these three different places and listen, we, in that house that we, that the four of us rented together, we had some fantastic times in that house. We were, Tessa and Wendy loved to drink wine. When they drank a little bit of wine, they got a little lippy. And I don't mean lippy in a bad way. I mean, they would just start to say funny shit to each oh, other yeah. and they'd get a little loud and then we would join in and egg them on. And so we just had that, that, that house was a, we were laughing every single night in that house. And there were ridiculous things that happened as far as like, 
rats in the walls and a landlord that could sniff them out and she knew exactly where they were when they died and so she would come sniff the wall and her husband would break the wall and get the rat out and like yeah. the baby rats that died in the ceiling and he had to use the wet dry vac to suck them out of there and I think they were possums okay possums yeah, yeah. which and, is way way more trashy yeah, yeah. like and like uh, mega, mega rat I, just uh, but but the the my fondest memory is the night we were watching wrestling in separate rooms i was in the i was in the office and steve was in his bedroom across the hall from the office we were upstairs and my window out from the office looked down onto the driveway and wendy pulled up in her car and so i ran into steve's room because we were both watching wrestling yelling things to each other across the hall and i ran into steve's room and i said quick get on the bed and spoon me Wendy just showed up and I didn't have to say anything else. Steve was already on the bed and slapping the bed as though he was saying like, saddle up partner. Like yeah. get in here. <laughs> yeah, she's going to be up. The, she's really yeah. quick on those stairs. Yeah. And so yeah. we, we got into the spoon position <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with WCW wrestling playing on the TV. And then we both tried to act as shocked as we could when Wendy opened the door. Uh, and all of this unspoken. Correct. All of it. And the yeah. look on your wife's face was first, it, and it, this was in a split second. It, first yeah. it was shock, and then it was, I knew it. It was <laughs> immediately, and, 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 and that was followed by, then she broke out laughing because she saw us both grinning finally. We couldn't hold it in any longer. But there was that, the, the first moment of her processing things was absolutely, I knew it all along. Um, oh. Gosh, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember like really selling it too with yeah. the terror, like <gasps> you know, like the just full on, like yeah. oh my god, my secret, yeah, you know. But um, yeah, holy cow, that was yeah, that was great. That was really great. Um, and we did a we did a couple of those too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you know, I mean, since then, like in later years, we have still continued to play in the bands together. We. Uh, whether it's 4th of July or whatever it is, we, I think there, especially like over the last, well, when you guys went to Kansas, I think was kind of where we, again, I'd say we parted ways, not in terms of being friends or anything like that. We literally, I mean, you physically moved away and then you guys yeah. were down in Olympia and you were in different places. And so we weren't, I think we lost touch compared to where we were. Yeah. It was hard to, it was hard to get together. Definitely. Yeah. And, and believe it or not, the, if anything, I think the COVID thing has kind of brought us together because we've started doing the podcast again and we've started doing all this, but this is the, uh, it is literally 40 years of friendship that has led to us doing a stupid show that we don't care if people listen to or not. Cause ultimately it just gives us that it gives us that whether it was in preschool or grade school, summer camp, high school, being in the band, living in the houses together, we need that we need that outlet to be able to get together and crack wise. Because you and I have 40 years of lineage and history that allow us to say things. We are we are more of a married couple than we are with our spouses in terms of what we know about each other and what we can say and things that we can call back on and all of that kind of stuff and reference and there's just there's just so much there. And so that's why I think the show works well. And I guess this is a, this has been a 40 minute way of saying, I don't think we need Tracy. 
<laughs> Tracy's fired. Um, no, it's but the, exactly what you said. That's um, but it's it's a little bit different. I mean, we we could just do in jokes the entire time. And like um, if it was like when we would play when we when we lived together um, with you know as couples, um, yeah. and and it was okay. So it wasn't like it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Um, but when we lived together, we would play, um, we would play like board games. And one of them was taboo. And when, when Dave and I would play together versus, um, Wendy and his wife, um, uh, what's your, uh, Tessa. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, when we would play, um, against them, it was like no contest because that's the game where you have to say the specific word without saying all these other words. And we could just reach back into um, say, Oh, coach Clark. Yeah. And they would say whistle. Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, whatever it's. And, and uh, you know, we, we just totally thrash them on that, but then they got really good at it yeah. and they could, they had this weird, like, telepathic bond after a while where they they were catching up to us it was very interesting there's also uh in that time that we live together there are so many so one of the things if you guys don't know like when we do the commercials and things a lot of times i'll put a jingle on the commercial because i just like to sing stupid songs around the house and there are moments where like one night uh my wife was doing the bills and I leaned over and said something to her and she snapped at me because she got really, she always got really agitated when she did the bills. Cause we were always broke and, uh, without missing a beat, Wendy and Steve were sitting in the room and I turned to them and started singing. And it just came to me out of nowhere. I was like, bill night is the loneliest night of the week and walked <laughs> off and they both bursted out laughing and then Tessa started laughing because she realized, you know, how ridiculous the whole thing was. <laughs> so we all had this good laugh about it. And to this day, I still sing Bill Knight is the loneliest night of the week. The other one that I still sing to this day. We is, sing that here too a lot, by yeah, the way. The, yeah. the other one I sing is get yourself a bed, put it in a bag, bed in a bag. Yep. Yeah. We sing that a lot as well. And That's, that was that literally because we, we, I don't, I truly don't even remember if you guys brought it home or if we did, but it was literally a, it was an inflatable bed in this bag and it said on the sticker bed in a bag. And yeah, it was so, you. Yeah, okay. It was, it was your, it was your bed in a bag. I think it was when we, we came over and we stayed the night because we lived way down in Kent and you were up in Monroe. So we decided it'd just be better if we came up and stayed and made breakfast the next day. So, so on, um, on 4th of July, I was getting a chair out of a bag and Wendy was right there. And I said, now this is, we haven't lived together in 20 years, maybe not 20 years, but I said, get yourself a chair, put it in a bag. And she said, chair in a bag, because that was the jingle that we sang. Like, again, this is, there is such a history here and we don't need to go any longer on it. I'm just looking at the time now. Holy, we've gone over an hour again. Yeah, they thought we'd be lucky to get a half hour. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe we squeeze a half hour out of this. But it is, um, I think, I, I think this is one of the things that I genuinely, in fact, this is the thing I cherish the most about this show. And I, I, I hope that you and Tracy never take this as, holy shit, we got to keep doing the show because Dave has made it into this big thing. But 
what I'm saying is I, I tremendously value having this avenue to be able to just get on once a week, talk about random things, make those callbacks, sing those stupid songs, do all those, make each other laugh and then disconnect because otherwise I don't, even though you guys are just, you know, 27 miles away, right? It's not 26, 27 miles away. It's probably probably 26. Even though you're just 27 miles away, 27 miles away is still 27 miles. And you know, as well as I do, we just wouldn't connect that often. And so this gives us something that allows that to happen. And I think, um, I know Wendy has said, at least to me, I don't know, she might give you a hard time about it. She has said to me that she's very supportive of it for that reason. And my wife has said the same thing. There are times she grumbles about it. Oh, it's podcast night again. But for the most part, she is like, I think it's great that you're able to connect back up with Steve on some type of consistent basis again, because that is, I haven't had as good of a time as when the four of us lived in that house together. That was the, that was the funnest time of my life without a doubt. And that's, <laughs> With all the stuff that I've done with my kids and all that kind of stuff, that's that's different. That's like family stuff. When I'm talking about laugh until my sides hurt and I was crying, I didn't do it more than when we lived in that house. Yeah, yeah, we laughed really hard in that. Yeah, that was that was fun because we had done that whole other um, blog website for a while, and we were almost sued together by <laughs> some hair metal band guy. That's, there there are some incredible stories yeah. here. Uh, Dave and I were, um, we were almost, uh, I mean, we were almost accosted in our hotel room by a guy that, um, had a door. Yeah. I mean, so many, so many great stories, but, uh, you know, this is a really good point and we'll wait for Tracy to come back. Maybe next week we'll do, um, the ballad of atomic potato and we'll talk through that a little bit. Um, because I think that is a, you know, that's how we, that's how the three of us really connected as far as you, Tracy and I, uh, that's how we sort of came together. That was our, um, I was just talking, I think last week about the Jackass crew and how they started out on some shitty skater magazine. That was our, that was our skater magazine. That was our, I, I, I wanted to tell you, I found, um, all of those word files of all those stories <laughs> that I wrote and I clicked on every one of them and they wouldn't come up. Really? Like, and I'm like, what the hell? Tracy has, there's some website called like the Wayback Machine that will let you go to old cached websites. And he's sent me Atomic Potato before. So we'll see if we can find it. But Oh, that'd be, that'd be great. Because some of those stories were really terrible and some of them were pretty funny. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. Was, that was a different time in our lives. So, all right. So we're going to, we're going to wrap things up here. Um, I, I did want to say next week, I want to find out from Tracy uh, how that whole experience went. Um, and otherwise I got nothing else, Steve, you got anything else? No, no, nothing, nothing. I want to admit. (laughs) All right. Well then for Steve and for me and for the missing in action, Tracy, we'll talk to you all next time on the Dave and Steve show. 